Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mission Hills podcast from home. We're staying home. We're uh, we're doing this thing. We're still protecting each other. I hope everybody is doing well out there. And as always, if you need anything, send us an email, missionhillsla at gmail, or just find us on social media at Mission Hills LA. And we, we would love to, to do whatever we can uh, to help and to stay connected and to keep everybody safe during this time. Um, and, we, and, you know, we've done a, a really great job at doing that. I have been um, profoundly encouraged and inspired by all of our gatherings on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And I feel in some ways, while I would love to, to see everybody and hug everybody, I feel like we've done so much good um, good work connecting as a community uh, during this time. And so um, so wherever this finds you in the world, I hope that you uh, have some community, even if it's online during this time, uh, whether that's on Zoom or, or FaceTime, that you have some family and friends that, that you can reach out to. And just thank you to all the Mission Hills folks for for helping out and, and staying connected during this time and encouraging one another and reaching out. Um, it really does mean a lot, and uh, we we don't, as much as we miss being in person together, uh, we know that the church is so much bigger and more important than that, and uh, we want to do everything we can to keep people safe uh, during this time. So uh, thank you all for doing that, and uh, stay, off the, stay off the hydroxychloroquine, all right? All right, it is... Sunday, May 24th, and this is uh, the week of Ascension. Uh, So Ascension Sunday comes 40 days after Easter, usually celebrated on a Sunday. We're going to celebrate it today and talk about it uh, on Sunday. So um, the text is Luke 24, 44 through 53, and I want to start us by uh, reading a quote from the Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. We do not have to leave the shore of the known in search of adventure or suspense or because of the failure of reason to answer our questions. We sail because our mind is like a fantastic seashell, and when applying our ear to its lips, we hear a perpetual murmur from the waves beyond the shore. All right, our gospel reading, Luke 24, starting in verse 44. I'm going to read the whole thing this morning. And then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And then he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and that the repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The word of the Lord. 
So uh, there's been a lot of talk recently, I think in the last couple of weeks, about uh, when are we going to return? Uh, I listen to uh, it's a college football podcast because I'm from Texas. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, is there going to be a college football season? Are we going to have sports? When are sports going to come back? Uh, when are we going to return? Uh, this seems to be on the uh, collective consciousness at this point, this eagerness to return. And so I've been thinking a lot about return, and especially since it's the, uh, the week of Ascension, uh, and thinking about, uh, oh yeah, okay, so this is kind of the this is kind of the forty day pattern of. Uh, the hero's journey and, you know, Jesus's return. So these themes have been kind of uh, bouncing around in my head all week. And, you know, return and the, the hero's journey is something that's brought up as the, you know, the archetypal human pattern uh, in Lent, you know, the 40 days in the wilderness returning. In the Ascension story, uh, we have Jesus's completion of the hero's journey. And then he's here in this text that we just read, you know, calling the disciples into their own journeys. It's really quite simple and elegant. The tradition tells us that uh, after the resurrection, Jesus spends 40 days appearing and eating and conversing, walking and teaching his followers before withdrawing. And we celebrate Ascension 40 days after uh, Easter Sunday. But, uh, so for some reason, I, I, lo- I love this text in a variety of different ways, and every time I read it, there's something else that, that I notice. And one thing that struck me this time is this image of Jesus withdrawing. And for some reason, that, that really struck me that uh, we think about it less as Jesus you know, sort of floating up into heaven, although I'll, I'll share a great piece of art um, of Jesus' ascension, but it just shows... Uh, it shows the 12 disciples and Mary, and then uh, you just see Jesus's feet, uh, and that everybody's eyes go upward. It's a really beautiful, it's a really beautiful painting, I think from the 15th century. Um, but I like this idea of Jesus withdrawing, um, that when Je- it's time for Jesus to return, uh, he just fades into the background. And, but, you know, I mean, the a- ancient peoples generally had a, a three-tiered uh, understanding of the universe and cosmos. So ascension into the heavens where the divine is, you know, that makes, is the logical move for Jesus here, even though, even though we understand that God is not up there, right? Um, but that's, that's the idea here. But what if we thought about this idea of Jesus withdrawing and what that means for uh, the disciples and what that might mean for us. What's the what's the call into the journey for the disciples? And I think the question I want to ask this morning is: In what ways are you returning? In what ways are you returning? In what ways are are we returning? You know, as a community over the last couple of months, we've given a lot of time and thought and conversation um, to what we, we hope um, to see change in us during this time, uh, what we hope to see change in the world during this time. We've, now that we've been in this, you know, over 10 weeks, um, I think we have a little bit of perspective to look back and see things that have been happening in our lives, movements, uh, stirrings. 
in what ways are we returning now? Not necessarily returning to to work or quote unquote returning to normal. You know, all that kind of uh, conversation is maybe for another day. But what ways are we returning? And we've given a lot of thought to, you know, what do we want the world to look like when the pandemic is over? We've talked about how this is a, a time of great upheaval in possibility for transformation and restructuring our lives in the mechanisms, mechanisms of society that uh, harm and exclude and oppress people. As, as David has mentioned a couple of times in our community group, I think is a really helpful analogy. Uh, you know, maybe we've been looking through the wrong end of our telescope. And what we what this time has really done for us is uh, is given us the opportunity to realize that and, and flip it around. And it's still worth asking what really matters in our lives. What really matters. And so I've been thinking about this uh, theme of return and Jesus's ascension. And you know, t- this week is also um, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Just so it's so weird that this is Memorial Day weekend. It does not feel uh, it does not feel like it is uh, the end of May, but here we are. Uh, and perhaps you know what comes to mind is we think about all the the women and men who never had their their opportunity to return. In what ways are we returning? Uh, Ascension in in the Gospel of Luke, and we know Luke is a is part one of a two part. Uh, series, Luke-Acts, um, we learn that the ascension happens on the Mount of Olives. Jesus uh, takes the disciples away and kind of gives them this call into their own journey. Uh, and yet, they, you know, when Jesus withdraws, they have, um, there's a sense of loss and absence, right? Uh, and yet, the the gospel text says, you know, they, they return to the temple filled with joy. Um, and I don't know if if this is uh, a way of Luke writing this particular story um, in, in kind of recrafting the events, but I actually think that this is a, is a really tragic ending. Uh, and, you know, the story goes on, but I, I think about if this were, uh, you know, the end of season one of a TV show, it would be a really sad ending because Jesus dies, is resurrected, spends 40 days conversing, eating, teaching, and and then he has this moment where he calls them into their own journeys and, and withdraws. And in this empty space, uh, the disciples go back into the temple and I have to think that this is just such a grand um, missing the point here. And, and maybe that's, and maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into that, and uh, we, can, we can talk about that on, on Sunday, but, but maybe bear with me for a second as I, as I think this through, um, that what, one of the things that Jesus is doing, um, particularly in the Gospel of Luke, is uh, finishing this journey that begins in Luke 4 when Jesus' ministry starts. Maybe you remember the story. I I talk about it all the time. It's one of my favorite texts. But Jesus comes into uh, the temple, and he he gives this message of 
jubilee from uh, the, uh, uh, the a text in Isaiah. So he un, undoes the scroll in Isaiah, and he says, you know, uh, God has chosen me to, to preach the message of good news to the poor, to, to announce pardon for the prisoners, recover the sight of the blind, set the burden in battered free, and announce God's year, the year of jubilee, um, which is uh, a restoring of all financial debts, erasing everybody's slate. Everybody has a clean slate to start over. And then Jesus, um, throughout the Gospel of Luke, is going to the poor, the sick, the outcast. And then here at the end, Jesus' return, he calls his disciples into this um, radical life of, of freedom beyond the sort of realm of um, tradition and uh, tribe and ethnicity, that he really expands this theological idea that um, God is not in the temple, that the temple does not is not the housing place of God. It is not isolated and um, limited to this one space. That there's this. There's this widening of perspective that Jesus brings with his life, his ministry, and message. And it seems just a bit tragic here at the end of uh, the Gospel of Luke that um, the disciples take this message and they go back into the temple. And we'll get into later, you know, what happens in, among the early church in, in, the book of, uh, in the book of Acts. But as just an ending here, uh, it is just a little bit uh, sad to me. And I want to kind of drill down on how important this is, because this is a major leap forward in human spiritual consciousness of what Jesus is doing here. Um, But because we know that religion and ideas about God, they come about in uh, particular social structures, systems, and uh, ethnic groups, particularly you know, the Israelite tradition. And so, you know, what Jesus is doing is saying, you know, no longer is Yahweh just the preeminent God of Israel, one God among all other gods, which um, Bob gave me a uh, a social science commentary, excuse me, last year. And they, they really point out that um, what you see most of the time in uh, the Old Testament is what's called henotheism. That's um, Yahweh, the God of Israel, is the preeminent God who who rules and is better than all of the other gods. But you're still living in a spiritual consciousness that there are many gods. And what Jesus is doing, and he's he's busting open um, this sort of opportunity and possibility, and really what becomes a pivotal moment for what we understand as monotheism in, in Christianity. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that there is one God who is the creator and sustainer of all things, which is from uh, a text in in Acts that um, Bob read last week. And so we have to see here that that Jesus is completing this journey that begins in Luke 4, which is shifting the spiritual and human consciousness to a new understanding about God's movement in the world through love and justice. That this cycle that began in Luke 4, when Jesus announces his ministry, that announces pardon to the prisoners, recover the sight of the blind, setting the burden free, 
uh, that this is now completing in being passed off onto the disciples in, uh, in Luke 24, that the community of Jesus' followers are to develop this way of being in the world by an understanding of, of a God who is no longer limited to one tribe, to one ethnic group, to one temple, to one f- whatever, whatever the, div- the divisive or dividing marker is. Um, even though you know, we know that there's still a predominantly Jewish movement. But in the Ascension, we experience Jesus' mysterious withdrawal, his return in leaving us here to make meaning with the loss, to be called into our own journey, to do the same thing, to open up the spiritual and material consciousness about a world that announces good news, that sets people free. So how are you returning? When we think about this text, we think about the, the journey and cycle of Jesus in this moment where he withdraws, he calls the disciples into the same way of being, and he withdraws. And what's to be seen is what the disciples do with this empty space. What kind of life will they pass on? What kind of legacy will they leave? And it, and it really comes down to this message that, that really begins in Luke 4. Because will our return look like the things that Jesus' ministry looked like? If it, if it really comes down to what happens in Luke 4, um, does, does our return bring about those things in the world? Um. Which, which again is why I think it's it's a sad ending that Luke ends with the disciples going back into the temple. You know, will we will we run back to where it's safe, or will we press forward? How are we returning? I'm going to close by uh, another reading from Abraham Joshua Heschel this morning. Awe is the intuition for the dignity of all things, a realization that things not only are what they are, but also stand, however remotely, for something supreme. Awe is a sense for the transcendence, for the reference everywhere to the mystery beyond all things. It enables us to perceive in the world imitations of the divine, to sense the ultimate in the common and simple, to feel the rush of the passing stillness of the eternal. What we cannot comprehend by analysis, we become aware of in awe. Well, I think we'll leave it there for this week. I uh, hope that everybody is staying safe and has a lovely week. I'll see you soon. Bye.